Welcome to the Vegas Voice Celebrity Corner. I'm your host, Evan Davis, and I'll be bringing you a front row seat to behind the scenes interviews with performers and entertainers here in Las Vegas. Today, I have uh, an opera great who has turned uh, a jazz singer, Rose Kingsley. Welcome, Rose. Oh, hi, Evan. Thank you for having me. This oh, is exciting. My, my pleasure. Turning from, from opera to jazz, uh, I hate to just jump right into oh, those sure. serious questions, but <laughs> how do you make a transition like that? And, uh, and, and now you have to rebrand yourself. What, what goes on? Well, I've always had um, an, an affinity for singing jazz mm -hmm. and uh, spending a majority of my life on the upper stage, which creates a lot of passion and, and uh, emotion. And now I can, not changing my vocal technique at all, I can take what I have and put it into jazz, which encompasses my emotion and my feelings um, and my vocal technique, and yet have the freedom to allow myself to do all that. Where in opera, you have to be extremely precise you have a 100-piece orchestra, and you must go the way the conductor is conducting you with the exact notes and, and time signatures. But in jazz, I can have fun. So the transition was uh, easy or fun? Oh, for very you? easy is for it? me. Very easy for me. All right. When, when you first started out as far as opera, how did you get into, into that? <laughs> because I originally started out as a ballerina. And uh, danced with American Ballet Theater and the Royal Ballet in London. And then I came back and danced on the stage of the Metropolitan Opera. Wow. And there I was on the stage with these great, great singers. And I realized that a ballerina's life is not exactly a long life. And I fell in love with the passion of opera mm -hmm. and um, decided that I wanted to pursue an opera career. And was accepted to Juilliard. And then the Metropolitan Opera asked me to sing for them, and I did, and they took me into the Young Artist Program. So I was really trained at the Met. I had great training, as well as Juilliard. Tell us a little about some of the people you performed with. Oh, I'm my sure goodness. Some, some iconic names. Yeah. Should I name drop? Yeah, okay. definitely. I think well, this, is your, this is your 15 minutes of fame here. Yeah, let's... Oh, I've been on the stage. I've shared the opera stage with... Uh, People like Luciano, Pavarotti, and Placido Domingo. And I was actually in a master class at Juilliard with Maria Callas. And that was very exciting. Um, and then, of course, I was um, asked to um, perform, which was exciting for me, the Bob Hope Desert Classic in Palm, uh, in Palm Desert. And I was on the show with, I got to sing with Frank Sinatra and Bob Hope, and Vic Damone, and uh, John Denver. And I was singing opera, of course, at the time. And it was the first time that Bob Hope ever had an opera singer on his Desert Classic show. Mm -hmm. And it was exciting for me because I always adored Vic Damone. Great, great singer, best pipes in the business. And uh, during rehearsal, he came by and he gave me a, a lesson on how to use a microphone because opera singers... We don't use microphones, you know. We have three, 4,000 people, and we have an orchestra, but we're trained to sing without a microphone. So Vic gave me uh, a lesson because I was going to use a microphone that night. Mm -hmm. so, after, so the night of the show, 
Vic came up to me. I was going to open, and then Vic was going to follow. And he came up to me, and he said, Rose, do you mind if I go before you? And I said, well, no, why? And he said, I'm not following you. And I said, oh, my gosh, Vic Damone. <laughs> but it's, it's been a great ride. Um, I've sung for three presidents, and I also did a command performance for His Royal Highness Charles. So it's been an amazing, an amazing life. And in my jazz new genre, I had the opportunity to have uh, Tony Bennett come to one, one of my shows. Um, Michael Feinstein, too. I performed at Feinstein's. And Michael was in the audience one night. So it's so exciting. So what the hell are you talking to me for? I mean, oh. you got all these celebrities <laughs> and you've you traveled and opened for everyone and been with everyone. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's been a wild ride. I'm honored to have yeah. you uh, oh, join me. Oh, thank that. you. Well, I'm honored to be here. Yeah. You know, well, we love Vegas. When The first time you were on stage, do you remember the first time you got in front of a, a crowd, an audience, and sang how you felt? Um, let me think that far back because my mother said when I was two years old, I sang and danced, you know, um, let's see. My first dance recital, I was four or five years old and I remember being terrified thinking I was going to forget my dance steps, but I remembered them. And there I was in front of, you know, we were in a high school auditorium and I thought, I like this, you know. So I knew, I knew I wanted the stage. There was no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Who, if you could pick one or two people who have influenced you most in your career, who would that be and why? Oh, my goodness. What a question. I've had so many great mentors in my life. Um, one of them was, well, I have to say, was my first dance teacher, uh, Myra Witt, and she was the one that really programmed me and told my mom at seven years old I was going to be a great ballerina. She was right. And, and um, so she was a mentor as a child. Um, when I got to the Metropolitan Opera, my opera mentor was a wonderful singer by the name of Roberta Peters. I don't know if you remember her. She was phenomenal. And um, she was my mentor at the Met. And she... Um, she really encouraged me and uh, told me, you have a great future ahead of you. And, um, and I guess I have to say, I received a wonderful letter when I did a performance of my signature role at the Met called Salome. And I got a wonderful, wonderful letter from one of my colleagues by the name of Placido Domingo. And uh, he said, I am just so honored to have you as my colleague. And so all of these have all just you know, spiraled. Now, now the important question here yes. is what color nail polish is that you have on? It's really just stunning. I just, you know, it's a pink, I won't really want a pink red, but it's a pink, you when, know, when you, when you go on stage, <laughs> what, no, when you go on stage, do you sort of say, I have to coordinate my nail polish and yeah, and and that, yeah, to, to yeah, I do. I do. It's like, well, you know, if I'm wearing a red dress, I need red polish. If I'm wearing pink, we do pink polish. We do pink lipstick. Yeah, of course. That you know, I'm a diva. Important yeah. Important to, uh, I guess, <laughs> performers in general. Has to, I know lots of guys who do that, too. It has to coordinate the, yeah, the do color you, coordination. Do you sing in the shower? No. No? Never do. Oh. No, um, I don't even really warm up that much before I sing. You know, when you have a good, solid technique, 
you know where you're at vocally. You don't have to leave your voice in the dressing room, as they've always said. Um, you know, I, I, I do a few hums and I'm done. I know. I know where the voice is. Now that you've moved over into jazz, how how are you transitioning into that? I know, you know, with your voice, I'm not quite sure how that would work and, and what you're doing to, to sort of support that jazz genre and getting away from the, the opera. Operatic, uh, well, I use, I have a four octave range, so I use my lower octave range of doing. Tell, tell the people what that means, by the way, so they'll understand what a four octave range means. Okay. On the piano, it means you have eight notes in an octave. So when you multiply that times four, it's three, I have 32 notes I can use, where a lot of singers only have a one octave range, and that's all. They, 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 they vacillate between eight notes, maybe nine notes or 10 notes. But I've got 32 notes on a piano that I can go from here to. So I've got I've got that that capacity. So tell me a little about the jazz and what's what's happening. I want to talk also about shows. You've got about three shows coming up uh -huh. uh, soon. And uh, I want to hear a little about. What it is, okay. what you're doing, and where, where it is. Well, my first show is July the 16th, and it's at the Summerlin uh, Library of Performing Arts, mm -hmm. which I love performing there. It's a great, great theater. Um, and we're doing a tribute to the Great American Songbook. My uh, current musical director, Bob Corwin, is Johnny Mercer's son-in-law who played with Johnny, collaborated with Johnny for over 30, well, 25 years. And Bob is 88 years old, and uh, we do the Great American Songbook. We do a lot of Mercer songs. As a matter of fact, we just recorded at Capitol Records. Um, I'm a Capitol recording artist now. And we did a Divas tribute to Johnny Mercer. So on the 16th, you're going to hear a lot of Mercer songs, like Autumn Leaves, Old Black Magic, Blues in the Night. And it's going to be songs that I think most people rec recognize, yeah, true, true. you know. Um, my second show, can I go around my second sure, show, go. is a very interesting show, and that's in September, called The Diva and the Astronaut. And that is quite a show in many respects. Um, there was another side to Rose that most people don't know, that I had an avid interest in space. Growing up, and actually, at one point, I had to decide: Do I want to go into astrophysics, aeronautics, or my music? And of course, my music went out. But when I was living in Houston, um, singing with the Houston Grand Opera, one of my friends was a flight surgeon at NASA, and he knew my interest in space. And that was the time they were picking civilians to fly in the shuttle. And he said to me, "How would you like to be the first artist to fly in the shuttle?" I was like, oh, my My other dream is coming true. And I went over and started training with the astronauts, and I trained in the shuttle simulator, and I flew the KC-135, which gives you weightlessness. They call it the vomit bomber. And um, But then, unfortunately, after the Challenger incident, all civilians were scrapped. Um, so that's part of the show. And the other part of the astronaut and the diva is when I was a little girl having an interest in space, I had, an, I had a hero, and his name was Alan Shepard. 
He was the first American in space and the fifth man to walk on the moon. And um, I kind of carried a torch for him for 25 years. And uh, lo and behold, I met him 25 years later. And who knew that the feelings I had for him, he had for me. So when you go to see the diva and the astronaut, it's quite a show. It's got music. It's got a lot of my memoirs, pictures of me singing opera, videos. And I also happen to know a lot of what happened on the moon that not many people know. So that's going to be a phenomenal show. And then um, I think our next show after that will be an evening of Andrew Lloyd Webber. And that is a lot of fun. Where is that one? That's also going to be. Oh, there, the three of them are at the uh, Summerlin Performing Arts oh, great, Center. Great, great, great. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, it's been There's wonderful. So much more. I want to hear more about the uh, astronaut romance. Oh, yeah. We'll do that next time. <laughs> but for now, I want to thank Rose uh, Kingsley for being here. When you can, you'll check her out on rosekingsley.com and see where she's playing and get a ticket and go see her. Thank for, you, Evan. Thank you're you. You're quite welcome. For now, Vegas Voice Celebrity Corner saying see you next time.